going on? Greetings and good day and welcome to Birds All Day, another off-season edition, the awards-tinged edition. Uh, I don't think we're going to spend too much time I hope not. on that. <laughs> uh, my name is Drew Fairservice, and yes, we are here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays, who uh, haven't, they haven't won a game in months. This is really, a really long time. It's been a, really, a real dry spell. Uh, joining me, as always, Mr. Andrew Stone. Stone, how are you? I'm well. Uh, are you reliable? Yeah. This week, yeah. You were reliably uh, in the grand United States of America. I was, yeah. Went to Nashville. Had a good time. You, indeed. Your snaps were delightful. Oh, good. Oh, you caught some of the snaps? I can't, I, I'm always up on the snap. Yeah. Without yeah. Snapchat, we're was, all nothing. Uh, storying that up. Was, uh, yeah. It's good. Yeah, America. Our dollar is fucking garbage right now. <laughs> I yeah, feel, yeah. I feel the Blue Jays' pain trying to, like... Compete for free agents, because that's like, holy shit, I'm getting a deal. Oh my god, I'm not getting a deal at all. This is terrible garbage. We went to the uh, we went to the Woodford uh, Woodford Reserve Distillery on our mm. way down. Made a little uh, stop in Bourbon Country, and it was like a regular bottle of Woodford was like fifty bucks American. I'm like, what the fuck? Well, why well, I, I could buy this at the LCBO cheaper? So that's crazy. Yeah, so I, I think they're making all their money on the gift shop. So whatever. Uh, it was a, it was a lovely little tour anyway. Had some shots. <laughs> and then, uh, I don't know. Then were... Actually, Nashville's kind of expensive, but there was one bar, Santa's. Cannot recommend it enough. Yeah. Uh, which is, there's no other bars around. You just had, we had to Uber out there. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but yeah, $2 beers in like a double wide trailer that's just like, just waiting for like its great white kind of scene, like just fiery <laughs> death everywhere. Uh, uh, you took an Uber out there? <laughs> yeah, I did. So yeah. you go to America and you take money out of actual hardworking Americans' pockets. There, I assure you, there are like no cabs in that city. No? And, and if they are, if they do exist, they're all stuck in like a four block area of downtown, which is just packed with tourists and not anywhere uh, I wanted to be. Too often. So this well, I was been, down there. I was there a bit. This has been this week's edition of yeah. Stoughton Takes America. Yeah, uh, Yeah, I don't know what we're going to talk about. No, this, there's been some news. Yeah, sure. Marco Estrada, news. Devin Travis, news. Uh, then there's been this award stuff. And then there's yeah. been some trade rumorings. Yep. Some We can monger those trades a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, if Morosi's going to get that clickbait going, then I'll be happy to send it his way. He went to Harvard, you know. I did know that actually, yeah. Uh, Jeff Passan trumped him with the clickbait today, saying that about talking about a Braves Astros. We're talking about Freddie Freeman, Whew. and then it fizzled. Oh, call him about the fizzled trade. We're not writing columns; we're talking bullshit. But we also we like to put it into context and provide insight. Like, what does it mean? What do these trade rumors really mean? Yeah. Uh, before we do that, of course, I want to do the housekeeping thing where I encourage you to uh, to press to- the fast forward button on your. Uh- do people actually do that? Who do, you know the kind of people who do that are my least favorite people. Not because they're fast forwarding through like this sh- this spiel. Yeah, it's like the people that push the door close button on the elevator. Yeah, like hey, you bit. know what, hero? I think that door was going to shut all on its own, <laughs> especially when the door is already in motion yeah. and you see someone like smacking on the button. Give it a rest. Yeah. Okay. You're at the center of the universe. You aren't none of the. You don't have any kind of special powers. The elevator has its yeah. own operation. I don't think even the door close button does anything. Unless it's in service mode. You'd like to believe that telling people they're not the center of the universe or that they don't have special powers would be an effective way to make them change their behavior. But uh, no, they don't believe you when you do that. As it turns out, scolding is less than effective. <laughs> I'm not here to scold you. I'm here to thank you. I think oftentimes when we do this kind of like sales pitch thing or we talk about our Patreon campaign, it comes off a little entitled. Uh, I just want to make sure that everyone understands how appreciative we are oh, of, yeah. of every yeah. effort anyone has ever made to uh, to to... to participate to support us to keep us going um we'd love to do it and it really helps to keep us honest and to keep us going and to keep us we love, motivated we love to do it just not enough to do it for free oh, <laughs> anything that's done for free uh, if there's yeah anyway yeah, yeah no we don't love it enough to do it we do we do love it enough to do it for, I, yeah, it's great, i'd yeah. much prefer not to yeah. and yet here so and and as the, as such here we are there you go here we are. Perfect. So you can head over to patreon.com slash birdsallday if you like what you hear and you want to uh, help us out and support us. And uh, as I said, keep us honest and keep us motivated and keep us uh, looking for angles and looking for, for ways to, uh, you know, to talk about the Blue Jays and have a bit of fun in the process. Uh, and speaking of the process, you can, of course, subscribe to the podcast uh, at iTunes uh, in the podcast store, however you would describe it. Uh, you should subscribe. Use your mom's phone or her iPad 
and uh, rate and review us from her account too, because um, I don't know, it just seems like this the kind of thing people are like you to do. Yeah, go it's, for it. It's just like momentum now. I just say it because I've said it. <laughs> I've said it before. Yeah. That's but fine. yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, these ongoings, these goings ons, and and uh, what it all means. Uh, again, there's trade. There's been a lot of activity. It seems like the trade activity and signings they start kind of earlier and earlier every year. The last few years, true. I think. That, well, this year seems like it's maybe taken some. I guess there's been some deals, not a whole lot. I want to say that I was looking it up the other day. I want to say this could be like the one year anniversary of the. The Donaldson trade or the Martin signing? I mean, it's, it's November one, 18th it's, already, it's a, right? It's a, I know it's the three two-year anniversary, two three-year anniversary oh, maybe of the, that's, the Marlin, no, Marlins trade. Maybe that's the was was uh, was this week, one of the days this week, uh, wherein everyone was planning the parade because of, um, you know. Yeah, no, I, re- I remember that. Josh yeah. Johnson. Who was, oh, it was the 28th was Josh Donaldson last year. So that makes a bit more sense. But so, feels like... So, but Martin was then... Uh, a little bit earlier, right? Yeah. So we're getting into the time to do stuff. But of course, I think Martin was, uh, was a big... November 18th. This is the one-year anniversary of Russell Martin signing. Well, there, there you, you go. go. So, yeah. Haven't haven't seen any giant free agents signed just yet. Seen some Brandon Crawford yeah. sign. Seen a couple of the... Cliff Pennington, former Blue Jay now. There you go. Signed with the Angels for two years. and uh, Could have had a spot for him, it turns out. As it for turns the first out. like couple months. For a while. Guess that's Muni's now. Oh dear God! We're gonna talk about all that and so much more on this edition of Birds All Day. talk about all of this exciting exciting stuff that's going on here <laughs> yeah uh in the offseason let's first just start off real quick with uh, marco estrada we did talk about this a lot last week i believe we were chirped by one rob Irakane for all of the estrada ins and outs uh to, i believe he I, I i believe that his comments were facetious although i do believe that he listened they, to the he, yes he is a he is a hero i do now i remember i forgot to mention it on twitter that he did uh, support us on Patreon, Rob uh, which which stuck out in my mind because it was a denomination that ended with uh, sixty nine cents. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think everyone really should take a cue from Rob Arcane in just about every way. Um, so yeah, the Strata deal's done. Good for him. Good for us. Good for the team. Yeah, I think so. Right? I mean, it's pretty much what everyone kind of had in mind. No, I well see. I had this. I had this thing for a while. I, I'm gonna gloat again. I was like, no, like, why would he need to? Why did anybody need to guarantee him a third year? Mm. Like, he is still Marco Estrada, and as great as he was, and you know, we were kind of in a bubble where we watched him. He was great. He was, you know, beating the FIP all the time. <laughs> like, I, I mean, the two sixteen batting average on balls in play is pretty extremely unsustainable for a starting pitcher. So, I would say so. Uh, and some other teams saw that, and, 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 you know, with the qualifying offer that the Jays gave him, having the draft pick around his neck, it's like, really? Like, uh, you, I saw people talking about, you know, three years, $36 million, or, you know, three years, like $40 million. I, I like would that. personally totally threw numbers like that out. Not with the draft pick thing notwithstanding. Well, that's but. the thing, yeah. I sort of did it first and didn't think too much about it. It seemed reasonable. But then the more you think about it, or the more I thought about it, the more it's like, why the fuck do you have to guarantee him a third year? Uh, and people thought that was kind of strange and was like, oh, well, he'll just take the qualifying offer, and uh, which makes sense, too, because it's $15 million, You know, you can go back and be a free agent again next year. Um, but they found some middle ground, which I think works for both sides. Estrada, I mean, of course, everybody says, oh, this is my first choice to be here. My family loves it here. But I don't know. It seemed kind of genuine about that. And, I mean, he had $26 million reasons to, mm-hmm. to come here. So, I don't know. I think... Yeah, I, there's. It's sort of against my better judgment. That's why I've written like fucking five posts about it. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, because yeah, you, we've we've all grown up, or I have grown up as a baseball fan, and in, in the last ten years or whatever, or sort of evolved as a baseball fan to believe in the sabermetric things, the FIPS, and and I know that that's a thing for a reason. I know that 
you know, you look at his home run rate, which was really low this year, which was really high last year, and he was kind of bad and was low the year before. And he sort of seems to be, uh, you know, his, his performance is related to just this this luck of the home run fly ball rate, mm-hmm. uh, which is supposed to, you know, always sort of regress back towards the league average. And uh, and probably it will. It'll. Just, I mean, he certainly can't have some of those numbers that he did last year uh, again. I don't think he really has to. Um, but I don't know. It's still, maybe it's just too much being sentimental, but it's like, I still think it's a, a good idea to have gambled, especially for two for three would have been, would have been tough. Cause what if he's bad? Mm-hmm. If he's bad, you, you can at least put him in the bullpen, but I don't know, two years at that price. Let's go like, fuck. Cause it could be a real steal. If for some reason he is the kind of guy who can suppress, uh, all of the uh, things that are like warning that. signs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, uh, that's the thing, right? But he was fucking spectacular this year. He was really, really good. Cy Young votes, I believe. Cy Young votes for Marco Estrada. <laughs> he actually finished, I believe, tenth in the Cy Young voting. He got a fourth place vote and a fifth place vote. Which uh, congratulations, Marco hey. Estrada. Maybe that activated some kind of bonus structure in your uh, previously existing contract. But he, he had a great year. Great second half. He did. He was you really can't good. Say any, you can't say anything bad about it. It was no. really amazing. And the, the the contract is you know a little backloaded, and it all makes sense. It's all deadly. I don't think that there's any. You'd be you'd be hard pressed to find anyone to uh, truly complain about it. I think. So no, with, no. I mean, nobody was going to complain about one year at sixteen million if he took the qualifying offer. There's no such thing as a bad one year contract. So you make it two years for even less per season. Do you think sure. this year has chain will change the qualifying offer conversation? Do you think it's going to be next year will look much different, considering three players accepted the qualifying offer, and in addition to Marco Estrada signing this deal before his which is yeah option which expired. is essentially accepting it or mm-hmm. coming close to it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, in the I don't know why we have qualifying offers. I don't think that. I think know. you know why. Well, yes, I do know why. But I mean, I would love to see them get rid of this. I would it's, love it's, to see sorry, the next it, CBA them get rid of it. It's a de facto salary cap. I just wanted to. Yeah, it is. To make sure everyone was uh, understood why it was it, on it, the same thing. It, it absolutely, it absolutely is. That's my job as the host. But it, what bugs <laughs> me, what bugs me is, it's just this is a thing I don't hear talked about enough, which I think is is backwards, completely backwards about it, is that. You don't get. I mean, they they made it so you don't get a qualifying offer. You can't give a qualifying offer to a guy that you traded for, uh, for mm-hmm. in season. And to me, it's like of all the people that you should be getting a qualifying offer to, you should be getting a draft pick compensation back for. It's like if the the Blue Jays should be getting a pick back for David Price. They gave up a bunch to get him. Why the fuck is the fact that they traded for him keeping them from from doing? Uh, well, this? I, I, think I don't does, like that part. I think of the it system. does the other. It works both ways. I think that prevents teams that that you know have to keep their prospects uh, a little more carefully than the bigger money teams from going out and making deals. But I think it also too. it also in, sort of incentivizes the team that is making the trade. Maybe. True. Well, maybe or maybe like the team like do you, do you think that it maybe it ups the package? If you're the Tigers, the Tigers are sitting there going, okay, well we know we're going to get a first round pick at the end of the year. Yeah. I guess if the I guess if the theory is that it's going to be the Rays making those kinds of trades, the smaller market teams, then I guess getting them a better package is maybe is maybe what the mechanism is there for. But I don't know. Do I, don't think, I think we're overthinking together. it. Yeah. I think it's more about like just suppressing the salaries Basically, of those middle class yeah. guys, the like the Colby Rasmuses and the Matt Weeders, and uh, oh, the Matt Weeders thing is a little weird, and yeah. uh, you know, and and Marco Estrada. So I wonder if we'll see it used maybe more. I think that the teams, you know, depending on how it works out with these guys who are back on these one-year deals, maybe we'll see teams be a bit more aggressive, like the Blue Jays. I think you can. Yeah, I think the Blue Jays are aggressive, and the and the. I don't know how many more guys didn't like who didn't get one that could have gotten one. Yeah, it's true. Doug Fister. Yeah, there's there's a guy who should. Yeah, fuck. Why wouldn't you give Doug Fister? Because he would take that money in a heartbeat. Probably, but wouldn't I don't know? Wouldn't you want if Doug Fister says came to the Blue Jays today and said one year? 16 million dollars let's do it no thank you no right. not for that price fair enough i'm gonna need a lot i'm gonna maybe you'll get there I with know like, he's, i know he's if the, you can pitch 200 innings maybe you'll give me i'll give you you can get it up <laughs> right. to that high but uh hey and we do incentive guaranteed. we do incentive based deals now nah, incentive it's baseball they're not allowed to do that anyway 
Uh, well, they do. I don't know. That was not an incentive, thing, not right? not performance based incentive. Nobody's allowed to do that. You're not allowed to base it on on. Right, it's about, it's about games started, innings pitched. Games finished. Be, yeah, Games finished like is a big one again, so you don't, you're not coaching to the save and things like that. But you know, you're right. It's, it's, it's very... Again, these things. a lot of these the reason these rules are in place are things that the, the players' union, which is very strong and very well respected around the world and like organized around the country anyway, <laughs> organized labor, it's a very good union. They do, they've done very well for oh, themselves. They? Do they the still have part. organized labor in the states. I thought they the, were, really. baseball unions are the only one. Yeah, the, I think the, so. Yeah. Uh, other than the fact that they continually sell out the the non-union <laughs> members, but that's what being a union is all I about. I think that's true. Uh, let's move on and talk about uh, Devin Travis. Alrighty, Devin Travis uh, was the Blue Jays' second baseman to start the year, and he did <laughs> yeah. a nice job for himself uh, until he got hurt and. I believe he played what sixty-two games this year. Yeah, sixty it was, games. It's about sixty. Yeah. So great as, in April, great in July, kind of hurt in between, and then mm-hmm. yeah, and then he finished for the year. I think actually, like the day of the Tulowitzki trade was his last game. It was the twenty-eighth really? of of uh, July. He uh, he actually played sixty-two games. He was great. He, he really was very good. Three hundred four, three sixty-one, four ninety-eight. He had eight home runs. Almost all of those were earlier in the year. Um. But still, can't complain. Uh, as it turns out, he has some kind of weird freak mutant shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> turns out. With like extra bones and detached bones and not a good scene going on in his shoulder. No. Quite frankly. Uh, and as it turns out today, he had surgery or a procedure, however you wish to look at it, that is going to keep him out of the lineup or keep him off of the field. For yeah, between 16 no base- and 20 weeks. No baseball activity for at least four months. Yeah. Possibly five. So that's, that's when you can, That's when you can get started, you know, swinging the bat and taking taking grounders and stuff. So that's a big blow. It's a big so, blow to yeah. Devin Travis's burgeoning major league career. It's a big blow for the Blue Jays because they don't have a player who was very good for them. I mean, yeah. Ryan Gomans held his own for a little while. He, he did that thing where he started to walk more. He held the bat back a bit or whatever it was and... You know, changed his uh, his stance a little bit to allow him to see the ball in a little bit longer. Just that mm-hmm. that they were that people thought that that a helped to you know helped him hit hit to to all fields a little better and maybe see it a little longer enough to to recognize a ball better and and, and kind of upped his walk rate. Which hopefully that's a thing. I mean, it was cool in the regular season, the playoffs. He kind of struggled a bit. The one round in particular, like the just, yeah, I'd say he was really I mean, he was bad. Being, he was being asked to bunt a lot too, which which he was. He help did not him. look good against the Rangers. He was fine, better against the Royals. He yeah, looked more like himself. Uh, he's a guy who, yeah, until Devin Travis is ready, I think you're totally fine with running Ryan Goins out there every day. Uh, now you have to think a little bit about depth. Uh, Munori Kawasaki, your boy, yeah, Kawasaki. Uh, Jonathan Diaz, I assume, is a free agent. I think all those guys. I think there's just it's a you know, musical chairs of minor league free agents at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think there's really anybody else that uh, that's going to be around. D- uh, Darwin Barney? Darwin is, Barney? Is he already oh, yeah. a free agent? I don't what? even know what the hell that is either. Yeah, I'd have to look that up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a free agent. Maybe not. But, but a- anyway, the point yeah, is... they're going to have to they're going to have to add a piece where they wouldn't have had to otherwise. I think just because you can't have Tulo and Ryan Goins and nothing, especially because you know Tulo is going to get hurt. So he t- does tend to do that. Uh, I don't think this changes anything for the Blue Jays uh, in terms of uh, the way that they would approach the offseason, the way they would approach yeah, depth, and the way they would you know, kind of think about their middle infield situation. Uh, but it does kind of move it up maybe the priority list. Yeah. In terms of like maybe just addressing that, getting somebody. I guess he's got another year of arb. He is. I, I can see him getting non-tendered. Maybe. Yeah. He for made sure. two and a half million bucks this year. Um, but anyway, that's Darwin Barney. Sorry. Just non-tender. Them non-tender all. the whole squad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, call me a traditionalist, but I am much more comfortable with a player of Devin Travis's profile playing every day. Yeah, than, uh, than especially Ryan at Goins? a non-shortstop role, than a Ryan Goins. Oh yeah, for sure. That's for sure. that's me. That's boring old me. <laughs> well, what they should do, I believe Jerry Howarth would tell you, is move Tulo to first base. 
first base. Yeah, and then have Goins at shortstop. He's such a natural, incredible shortstop. Jerry, are those real you. words that I he said? That's a thing that happened. Yeah, Jerry said they should move Tulo to first base. Yeah, Troy. I did not hear this with my own ears, but I do remember this conversation happening. Yeah. No, you're lying. I don't think that I'm lying. Someone lied to you then. I don't know. I'll try to find it. That's among the stupidest things I've ever heard in my life. I assume it to be not true. I assume that a person who said that wasn't the same person that watched Troy Tulowski play shortstop. Oh no, 53 days ago, several several tweets. Tulo first base with Travis Goins and Donaldson as your other infielders. That's the craziest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever heard. Well, it's Dr. Crazy talking. Does... Oh my Christ, I'm a loo- Well, Tulo plays that street ball, you know. Well, that, let's never talk about that guy again, actually. In what world... <laughs> do, I, I want to know right now. Do you think that Ryan Goins is a better defensive shortstop than Troy Tulowitzki? No fucking way. He's not. No, he is totally not. He's not. He's a very nice defensive shortstop. He's really good at it. So is Troy Tulowitzki. Yeah. Yes. As it turns out, <laughs> Troy Tulowitzki is so good, he's actually Troy Tulowitzki. Yeah. He's not a guy who'd be like, oh, he might be as good as Troy Tulowitzki one day. Yeah, he no. is Troy Tulowitzki. He plays for the Blue Jays, too. He does. It's fucking amazing. That's... So let's sink so much of his value and stick him at first. Uh, also, Troy Tulowitzki did not hit like a first baseman. He had a whole lot like a shortstop <laughs> as did, a member yeah, of the Toronto Blue Jays since he left Colorado. Uh his... Uh, to be fair, the start of the year in Colorado, he was hitting like a shortstop, too. He'll be fine. Yeah. You know why? He's Troy Tulowitzki. Yeah. That's it. He's not a first baseman. <laughs> not until he's fucking I mean, this 40. Is, this is a two-month-old argument. I'm sorry you hadn't heard about it until I'm, now. No, I'm not, I'm not sorry. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad I hadn't heard of it yeah. because I would have jumped off of a building. Yeah. If I wasn't sitting here in your house right now, I would be... Yeah, not do- a lot of... I'd be doing something rash not is what I'd be of, doing. A lot of feet down to the ground from here. That's true. I've said nice things about him in the past, recently. I take them all back. <laughs> yeah. First base. That's insane. Loves loves Ryan Goins. In a way that makes me uncomfortable now. Yeah, a little bit. I'm not... This is this has gone in a way and in a direction <laughs> with which I am uncomfortable. It just, yeah, it just bothers me when that's, you know, a voice that's leading people, that people are looking to for, and just as authority that people assume means that uh, he isn't going to say something completely fucking insane. He does the games on the radio with which, there's no, there's no pictures, mm-hmm. but he does watch the game, right? Like, that's the <laughs> assumption we're working under. I, yeah, yeah, he does. My God. <laughs> My God, we yeah. this is I, we gotta take a break. All right, we're gonna take a break. We have to. I have to cleanse my palate. I need to find myself at least one more of these delicious Miller Lights. This is this has sent me. It sent me for a loop. I'm in a bit of a tizzy. Yeah, right yeah. I, I'm Sorry. melting down, <laughs> and I think that's okay. Uh, we'll take a little break. We'll come back. We'll talk about some rumors. We'll talk about some awards, and hopefully, we'll never ever ever again speak of Troy Tulowitzki as a first baseman. Take a break on Birds All Day. Golf, they refer to this time of year as the silly season. 
with all wacky, crazy, ridiculous events. And that's kind of where we are in baseball as well. Yeah. In that it's a lot of uh, awards and down ballot nonsense, which is, I will not pretend, like, kind of fun to talk about. <laughs> uh, it's easy. It's too easy to just be like, this guy's stupid because he voted this way. Um, although, oh, it's very easy. Although it's very, uh, it, it is often entertaining. Uh, but the the Blue Jays, uh, they've fared pretty well so far. We're recording this here today on Wednesday evening. Mm-hmm. So today the American League Cy Young Award was announced. And as we previously mentioned, Marco Estrada received two votes. Yep. Good for him. Yeah, outstanding. David Price, who pitched much of the year for the Toronto Blue Jays, he received a whole mess of votes. Although he did finish second to the winner, Dallas Keuchel. Uh, Price himself, very gracious on Twitter, said that he thought that Keuchel should have won. I will disagree, and I think that David Price should have won. Yeah, I don't think that's even being a homer. I don't think so. I think Price was just better. I really think he was. Yeah, he was ridiculous. He was rid- He was like he was ridiculous as a Blue Jay. He was ridiculous as a Tiger. Uh, he had what maybe before the playoffs, two bad yeah. starts as a Blue Jay, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, and even those weren't that bad. He was really, really good. Uh, I don't think it matters to him, but... Uh, He's got one. It's cool that Keiko wins one, sure. Sure, Good whatever. Could be a nice little footnote in his hey, hey, one day. If, if Dallas Keiko <laughs> winning the Cy Young means that some team is going to look at a guy like Matt Boyd and be like, that's it. He's our Keiko. <laughs> and let him, and let, you, like, let, him, let them think that you're ripping them off. Or he's ripping you off by give, throwing Matt Boyd into your trade instead of somebody who's maybe going to be better. I'm all for it. Sure. Yeah, I'm all for that's it. That's cool. That's very cool. Uh, and John Gibbons, in the Manager of the Year awards, he got a whole bunch of votes. He did pretty well. Yeah, he did. Lost the guy who started uh, Derek Holland against the Blue Jays in a playoff game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he didn't have you Darvish, you see. That's true. So. He didn't have you Darvish. I the no, blue, the, I no choice, then, I guess. Gibbons, Gibby is, he's working, they, they grade these things on a curve. Right, of course. The fact that they import Troy Tulowitzki to your team, and Josh Donaldson, and David Price. Yeah. They, they, maybe they're not wrong. No, I don't know. It's fine. I'm not, I, I don't think anyone should begrudge uh, Gibbons not winning manager of the year. Also, maybe hitting Elvis Andrews fifth is a good idea. Yeah, maybe. Maybe um, getting the shit kicked out of you. <laughs> yeah. When you're Colby Lewis. Anyway, uh, good for John Gibbons. Again, I don't think he cares. I don't think that he was no, weighted by the not. phone. Well, he knew he wasn't in the top three anyway. And, of course, Roberto, Roberto Osuna yeah. got a got couple of votes. Uh, got some votes. He got some, you know, I think he got a second place vote from somebody. Wow. Pretty good. Really? I didn't even uh, I, I didn't even pay attention. I don't really pay attention to these at all. I should have for the Jays component. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ordinarily, it's not a concern. Yeah, it's true. It, the, the Rookie of the Year thing is funny just because there are so... There were a few people over the course of the year who were just like, oh, as soon as he's going to win Rookie of the Year, it's like, no, did you actually watch like, other teams? Like, there, there are a couple guys in this league that are really fucking good. Like, legitimately starting shortstops who hit at an above-average <laughs> level and field their asses off. Yeah. It's two extremely so good. good players. So good. For long, like, we're not talking about Angel Baroa. Yeah. Like, that's not who Francisco Lindor is. No. Um, it, yeah, no, as soon as good... Uh, Bob McLeod of Global Mail gave Gibby a first place vote. Saw that, yeah. And I think somebody else voted. Did he get his second. questions answered first? No, it's still going to be the sports night guys. Uh, <laughs> somebody once said that uh, I don't know who it was. I can't give them credit. That baseball managers and the r- reporters are too close to the manager to be able to form any kind of a quote unquote objective opinion about the quality of the job that they do. Especially because they're so close to one guy and so far from right. the other 29 or 14. Would it be so fucking difficult to be like, hey, which, which chapter are you in? All right, you can't vote for anyone from that city. Yeah, you'd think Would so. that be like... Would... That is... Li- I mean, it does. it's tough to be limiting in that way, but... I don't know, but then it, it cancels out when you have the guy, you know, if there's a legit competition, you know, the Angels guy has to vote for Mike Trout and the Jays guy has to vote for... Uh, or the other way around, you know. Yeah. Uh, for Socha, yeah, Socha got a vote, of course. Oh, we're talking, which about makes that. a lot we're of talking sense. That I thought I was moving on to hmm. tomorrow's big, the big day, the big day. So yeah, that's a, that's a cool week for the Jays. Again, good for for um, good for Estrada. Pick up some, get some credit, get some dap 
across the league. Just uh, something he could show his grandkids one day on his baseball mm-hmm. reference page on whatever device he's using. On his eyeball? Like he plucks yeah, his eyeball out and he's like, doo, doo, look at that. It's, gonna work. Uh, it's interesting, I will say this, that Mar- votes for Marco Estrada, um, you know, the votes that, that didn't go, somebody voted David Price third, uh, and I assume, and then Sonny Gray second, but uh, the American League Cy Young ballot is a disaster. In a lot of ways. <laughs> the down ballot stuff? The down ballot stuff is ridiculous. There's one guy that voted for three different relievers. He voted for Andrew Miller, Wade Davis, and Sean Tolleson of the Rangers. Again, I don't know how you're giving Brian, uh, Bannister all this credit when it's Cy Young candidate Sean Tolleson <laughs> who, who saved the season. Clearly. But, uh, with, just, his, with his, like, 70 innings, you know. He, if that. Yeah, if that. But the National League Cy Young vote was very interesting, of course. Jake Arrieta won. There are so many good pitchers that they didn't... Nobody had the opportunity to get ridiculous like that. The only, only yeah, one reliever got sense. votes was Mark Melanson. Strangler. The Strangler, the king. <laughs> uh, but the, the, the National League Cy Young ballot is really interesting. It's not what we typically talk about here. But uh, just go and look at some of the names, some of the seasons that those guys put together. Look at how good Clayton Kershaw is. Uh, he is now... Won three of the last five Cy Youngs, and the other two times he didn't win, he absolutely could have won. Yeah. He's ridiculous. He's so good. Uh, if you don't watch the National League, you're missing out, because you can watch Clayton Kershaw literally like rewrite the record books in front of your eyeballs. Uh, and, of course, the award, speaking of that, that mm-hmm. tomorrow is the big one as far as Blue Jays fans. Blue Jays have a very good chance of having the American League MVP, most valuable player in their midst, Josh Donaldson. First he- one since... Uh... George Bell robbed Alan Trammell. Robbed him blind. <laughs> yeah. uh, 1987, George Bell won. I, Donaldson's probably going to win. That's yeah, the I don't know. Is it? It's easy to I say here. So. I thought Price say. was going to win the AL Cy Young, too, to be honest. Yeah. I thought Price might have had a better chance to win the Cy Young than, than Donaldson. So. Interesting. So, I think, well, I think it's both very close. So, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. You never know how that's going to work out. I, would, I think that Donaldson's going to win. I think that, like the National League Cy Young, I think you uh, you can pick either. Either is Mike Trout or Josh Donaldson, both extremely worthy of the Cy Young Award. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Mike Trout. Or the MVP Award, whichever. With, sorry, the MVP. The MVP. No, they could win the Cy Young, too. Mike Trout. Mike Trout awesome. could. Yeah. Mike Trout's played four years in the big leagues. He's going to finish first or second in the MVP <laughs> voting in each of those seasons. And the one year that he did win was his worst year. Yeah. Which was his eight win well, year. He should have, yeah. <laughs> should have won a triple crown, I guess. But yeah. He's so the, ridiculous. He's ridiculous. And Josh Donaldson's ridiculous and he had a great year. Yeah. And he's going to get himself paid. One of the guys who got a MVP vote. Sorry, a Cy Young vote. Oh, wait. Before I go on, I wrote a note here. Story from mm-hmm. work today. Oh, there you I go. I was in a meeting today with people who I don't really know. Um, this doesn't involve poison, does it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, good. Although, uh, <laughs> I was in a meeting with a, two people who I didn't really know. One of them has got a long history of um, um, sports editorial in the city of Toronto, mm-hmm. I'll say. Mm-hmm. The other guy, I believe, does as well. I don't know him. I don't know his history quite as well. So before the before this meeting started, these two gentlemen, um, one of whom works in my building, one of whom does not, they started talking about, somebody mentioned like, hey, Estrada, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, as long as he pitches like he did this year, I think it's cool. I'm like, well, okay. And then they started talking. Again, these are like, these were professional journalism type people. Mm-hmm. Which, how much does that, what does that mean really? Here we go. Okay. Well, what do you think this contract means for pricing? They're still going to go for don't price? Don't do your Elliot impression. I'll give it away. Elliot. Well, I thought you were doing your Bob Elliott. No, no, no. He wasn't. Uh, Robert, no, no. no. <laughs> Bob Elliott will be joining us on Monday <laughs> in, in Kitchener at Pitch Talks. Yeah. Uh, well, do you think this is going to change the fact that they go after Price? Oh, I don't know if they're really going to go after him. Oh, why not? Well, he's just no good in the playoffs. No. You just, you can't, you can't, it's not about getting to the playoffs anymore. It's about you got to win in the playoffs. And he clearly can't do it in the playoffs. Oh, no, no. He clear, like the two of these guys who have probably voted for these awards in the past were just like both... Like, their heads yeah. were falling off. They were nodding so much at each other as they just destroyed David Price. His, his magical in, inability. His magical inability yeah. to pitch and, and, and strike out the team that cannot be struck out and, you know, 
pitched innings. Anyway, it was it was crazy to listen to. Except you know, except for that one time he was really good in the playoffs, but whatever. Or those all oh, the other time he was really good in the playoffs, the time he was really good in the playing game. <laughs> yeah. That's not the point. <laughs> Somebody threw a vote, Fuck. a down ballot vote to Carlos Carrasco right. of the Cleveland Indians. Future Blue Jay. Future Blue Jay. There yeah. was some talk about maybe Carlos Carrasco becoming a Blue Jay early in the year. That the Cleveland was out kicking tires, trying to gauge his value, and they they floated a trade and they said, "Hey, Blue Jays, what would you say?" And they threw a bunch of names apparently to Cleveland. Cleveland was like, "Cool," and they filed that away. And then, well, then the Blue Jays traded all those guys, and they traded most of those guys <laughs> yeah. after the fact. Uh, and now, John Morosi saying that the Cleveland has been engaged in more play, uh, trade talks. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell us what, what Morosi well, was trolling? All, well, all he said was there's three teams, the Jays, the Dodgers, the Yankees, I think three teams with outfield surpluses, and Cleveland's mm-hmm. looking to add to their offense. They have a really good rotation. Uh, you know, they, they, the, back, you know the back end is the back end, but yeah, they could probably afford to spin off one of their pitchers. You know, they have the big three. They have uh, Kluber and Carrasco and Salazar, and then they got Trevor Bauer. They have Cody Anderson had a good season was kind of lucky they have some other options in the back they, they have a number of starters that they could use uh it sounds like people have been talking about them dangling you know salazar carrasco maybe even kluber i don't know about that i mean like you say they they tried to gauge the value of some of these guys at midseason last year and, and you know nobody was biting for what they were really asking for uh and now morosi says the jays and the yankees and the dodgers are Engaged in talks with Cleveland, not necessarily about anyone in particular. Uh, he didn't, you know, nobody's telling him that, or he's not telling us that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that it would just be a, a starting pitcher coming our way, or the Yankees or Dodgers' way, and an outfielder going the other way. So, I think that's exactly the kind of trade that the Jays should make if they can. You know, they have, you know, if you count Ezekiel Carrera as a guy who could, if, if he's your fourth outfielder. You still have five other guys who could start. And Please don't count Ezekiel Carrera as your fourth yeah, outfielder. No, I know. Okay, well, then we can non-tender him. That's fine. Then you still have a lot of outfielders. You have Revere and Saunders, who are non-tender candidates, but still might have some value on the trade market. Uh, though it's tough because Revere makes too much money, and Saunders played nine games last year. Nine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was traded for Jay Happ last year, but that was two years of Saunders coming off a decent year for one year of Hap, and now you only have one year of Saunders to offer, and he's not coming off a decent year. So Nine games. So I don't, think there, I don't think there's a lot of value there. Mm. Revere, if you kick in some money, then Revere maybe is interesting to, to somebody. To a team like Cleveland, you are for sure kicking Yeah. Like, Cleveland doesn't even have any money you can really take back. Yeah, that's, like, I mean, no... they kind of did They did that, trading... Uh, Swisher and Bourne. Bourne and yeah. Swisher, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, but then you have, you know, obviously Batista not going anywhere, certainly not going to Cleveland for one final year. Um, and you have Pompey and you have uh, Kevin Pillar. Uh, Pillar is at the highest possible value I think he could ever be, you know, coming off Fair a five-win season. Uh, four, I don't think... Four-win season. Uh, I think Baseball Reference had him at That doesn't five. make it so. Let's let's be realistic. Okay, we're going to do... Go four. Let's, we're going to do the Fangraphs version? Well, we can do either or. We well, it, I think it was a... I, think, I don't know. Maybe it's a bit of a stretch, but I think it's five-win season. Anyway, just because it became a meme doesn't mean it's so. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so that's those are legitimate options to trade. I think uh, a lot of Jays fans, I don't think, would be happy to trade Kevin Pillar. I don't know how happy I would be to see him go for someone who isn't a Carrasco or a Salazar. That you you could get. I mean, Cleveland's not crazy, but if you can get those one of those guys for him and then something else, I don't think the Jays are really too. You get the sense, and maybe I'm reading this wrong, you get the sense they're not super keen on trading away a whole ton more prospects this winter. Maybe I would trade Kevin Pillar for anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Because maybe... I mean, anything now, is a stretch. Now, I mean, because I floated, I floated like Dalton Pompey for Trevor Bauer earlier. And people shit on it. Some people were like, yeah, giddy up. And some people were like, holy fuck. To give us Drew Hutchison 2.0. And it's like, well, I don't know about that. But I don't also, know about that. Also, I, I am a, a vowed... I, I am I am not... <laughs> I am impartial. Fair enough. Trevor Bauer. Right. I'm in the tank. I think he's, he could yeah. be great. And he had a stretch last year where he looked truly great. Uh, this is like a what, second pick overall? Fifth pick overall? No, top five pick? No, there's stud, a lot. An there's a lot of college. upside that you haven't seen at all from him yet. Or haven't seen consistently over the course of a year. And again, I 
will never devalue the contributions that Kevin Pillar made in 2015. But everybody is allowed to have a career year. You're allowed to have a career year at the bat. And you're also allowed to have a career year in, at the plate. Or sorry, in the field. Yeah. In the field. No, for sure. And Kevin Pillar made a lot of spectacular plays. And a lot of that built up his value. Not to say that he's not a good outfielder. But those spectacular plays, the opportunities to make spectacular plays, they're not distributed evenly. And even if you think that he made a lot of these extra extra plays this year, you could... I'm more than willing to listen to an argument that said that he made a lot of tough plays, but there are just there just aren't that aren't going to be that many opportunities to have those borderline makeable great plays that maybe built up his run save value. He did all that stuff, helped the Blue Jays win. Blue Jays made the playoffs with him playing every day, so that he has that going for him. But I am a person who, as you already mentioned, his value will never be higher. Five, it was five point two wins. According to baseball records. That's insane. Yeah. And and I am more likely to think of him in a Franklin Gutierrez sense, <laughs> not yeah. in an A.J. Pollock waiting to happen sense. Yeah, I think so. Which somebody questioned. I saw on. somebody mention that. And, and Twitter, I don't think yeah. that it's, I don't think it's, a, you can't say it's never going to happen. Maybe he does, you know, walk into a few extra home runs and, and develop a bit, you know, show that he can hit the big league level. I just, I'm really slow to believe it. Even though I saw it, doesn't mean it, it, it is, it's going to be like that forever. 2015 is not his new baseline. It's something that happened and he achieved. Yeah. Whether or not you could, if you can look, if you're the Blue Jays and you look at it objectively and you think, can he do this again? Yes, he is an, he's a good defensive outfielder. Don't know if he can even hit like this again. If I can get a Trevor Bauer or Danny Salazar, I don't think you're getting Carrasco for a guy like Pilar Maybe. No I mean, I think he has less control than Salazar at this point. But, uh, but Salazar... I, still don't think, I mean, he's just so good. Carrasco's yeah. better than Salazar and Bauer. Yeah. There's not a, yeah, that, for you'd be, sure. You'd be hard-pressed to, to make that case. Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking maybe the lower tier, too. Kluber's got that good deal. He's not going anywhere, right? Like he's I don't... Going. I wouldn't think so. But... I mean, yeah... I, I, the other side, the other side of what you're saying though is, I mean, I don't. He wasn't that great at the plate overall. I mean, I think it was just like a 90 weighted runs created plus. Can he be that plus? You know, good defense, even if it isn't crazy good because of all the you know opportunities he had to make those insane plays. I think he can still be a really valuable player. I don't yeah, think you're I saying think so. that he can't. No. Uh, like long term, do we think? Uh, I'm very okay. Like a lot of people, when I've been talking about this a little bit about just the idea of trading. Uh, a Polar are trading guys that people wouldn't want to think would be traded uh, before the Devin Travis news, you know, talking about, hey, maybe you move uh, Ryan Goins. You know, here's a guy, there's another guy who probably won't have any more value than he ever has. He's got a fucking real cheerleader going for him. And he, and, 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 Why you know, bring that up again? Sorry. And, and you, you know, just talk, from talking about this, listening to people talk about uh, what they think of Pompey and the idea of going with Pompey to start, just giving him the keys right now. I'm okay with that. I'm t- I think that's fine. I think at did. some point you have to do that. I know they did that and he failed. And that's what I think that's what people are really kind of afraid of. And they're like, oh, he's not a sure thing. It's not a sure thing. It's like, well, fucking Nobody Pilar is. isn't. Yeah. Pilar's not a sure thing. I, I think that I don't know that, that these are the, the one is not the backup plan for the other. Right, I think that they're both. They're yeah, they're all just the placeholder for Anthony Alford. Let's be serious. Here. <laughs> how can you say that? How can you not? How can you argue that? <laughs> uh, but I'm saying if 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 you want to give, I, I'm always something on all these different shows that we've done. I'm always a guy who's advocating for like a a legitimate fourth outfielder, bit of an expensive luxury. Somebody can play all four spots, like a like Aaron Hicks, who's I thought, a stupid Yankees acquired. Yeah, I thought that was going to be Kevin Pillar. He could be that now. Yeah, but again, he. You, he, I, I, I'll say this though. I'll walk back what I've said in a way, in that Kevin Pillar deserves the opportunity to be the everyday center fielder again until he proves that he can't. Yeah, that's or true. Or until he's doing it for another team. Yeah. I don't think that you can run an organization like that and be, unless you are, uh, unless you're improving on him in a significant way, with a significant, more proven, more established guy who's a upgrade at the plate. And not a significant downgrade in the field. I don't think you can just take his job away and give it to Dalton Pompey. No, not with him still on the team. No, no. But I'd be comfortable if they traded Pilar and went with Pompey. 
I'm okay with that. Yeah, it, it leaves I, them I, a little thin. You got, I would want them. You got would, Zeke there. I want more than Zeke yeah, waiting in the wings. Yeah, and I want more than Ben Revere. Yeah, uh, but maybe it's Revere that the that Cleveland's looking at. Who knows what they're what they're up to? I'm gonna go ahead and say it's not. I think it's probably not. This, this is just me just jumping on a hunch there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's probably a fair hunch. Um, the other I, side I of that, Cleveland center fielder was pretty good <laughs> at, like, at the end of last year. He's a, he's a scrub though. What's his name? Almonte. Um, what the hell was it? Abraham Amante had a good had a good year, had an okay year, and was playing some good center field at the end of the year. And of course, Michael Brantley's in left field, so man, he makes pennies. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He makes pennies. Um, so maybe it's a maybe it is a, a Pompey that they're looking at. I I don't I don't know. I don't know what they might be looking at. To be honest, um, uh, it's interesting. Oh, one more thing about Pol- uh, Pilar though before we move on is uh, and and. I don't know if this has changed with Anthopolis gone or if this is just more narrative than anything else. But just to me, I've said this before and I've written it a couple of times. I written it, I wrote it in the piece I wrote today. But it just I can't you can't say enough about how good he sort of made himself. How he wasn't an elite defensive center fielder, and I think the teams look at that and value those kind of guys as they should. And yeah, value a guy who is is like okay, here's my only path to being a big leaguer. Well, I'm going to go out and fucking do it and actually become, you know, a glove first, you know, really great center fielder on the defensive side uh, because I was completely not his profile coming up. He was a guy who was just hitting everything and hit his way all the way up to the big leagues and then was like, oh, shit. And, you know, it's, it's not much to, harder here. Yeah. And it's just, I, I don't know. It's not to be taken lightly that he could go and over the course of a couple years, actually like, okay, we're doing this. Like, I'm going to be a fucking elite defensive center fielder. That's not easy to do physically, of course, but I mean, just to put the work in and to be able to do it and not to rest on your tools and to, mm-hmm. and to just say, well, no, I've had success and it's going to keep happening for me to be able to have the, you know, the, to be keen enough to know what to do, to be as good as you possibly can be. Uh, there's something to that, I think, for sure, that I think that, uh, you know, if you're weighing the option about keeping Pilar, keeping uh, Pompey, you know, as guys to just keep a seat warm for Anthony Alford. Uh, uh, maybe that maybe that puts it in... Not to say that Pompey doesn't have those same qualities at all, because I, I would have no idea. But we've seen it with Pilar. We've seen, you know, you can actually see the tangible results of that. And mm-hmm. uh, and I, I don't know. I think that I think it's maybe... Even if it's not consciously, I think that's why he's sort of endeared himself to a lot of people. I think that maybe even the fact that, you know, he had the frustrated thing where he threw his gloves last year and... And got sent down, and had mm-hmm. that thing with Gibbons, and uh, and and sort of has moved past it, and got beyond it, and and you know become a valuable, valued member of the team, uh, or whatever little that sort of stuff is worth, you know, because you're always, you know, you're always going to be measured on your production. Uh, that's, I don't know, that's a reason to like Pilar and to, and to want Pilar to still be around. I think that's why people will be upset if they did move him. Uh, but don't be if it's for a Salazar or a Carrasco, because holy shit. What about a reliever? Where do you think... The Blue Jays have a lot of options. A lot of stuff that uh, Left Eye LaCava has been saying recently <laughs> yeah. has been about, uh, well, we want to get two more starters, basically, right? Kind of pivoting off yeah. what you just said. They, it sounds like they yeah, it sounds like they want to keep Osuna and Sanchez in the bullpen. That's if crazy. Can, if they can. But they, at least it's a, they have options. They have the option to consider some of these guys as starters and the option to... To uh, you know, move them back into the bullpen. Given like the K- Craig Kimbrell trade, which came at a uh, king's ransom. <laughs> yeah, uh, Craig Kimbrell is like a historically great, one of the best of all time relievers up sure. until this point in his career. Yeah. Uh, he cost the Red Sox a shitload. They like, did two did. legitimate top fifty in baseball prospects at up the middle positions. Crazy. True. Though it's like I mean. If you, maybe you shouldn't think of it this way, but it is a little bit relative. It's like if the Jays gave up two guys like that, that's like everybody they have, and the Red Sox just sort of the Red laugh Sox. and like spin a couple coins out of their gigantic pile. But the Red Sox have a need for a starting pitcher, which that's the I thing. think that package can get almost anybody. You tell me that package couldn't get Carlos Carrasco? Yeah, that car, that package couldn't get somebody better than him. The guys they gave up yeah. for Kimbrel, but the Red Sox. Uh, the other side of that, now, the the good part about adding a guy at the back of your bullpen who's not a closer because he's got saves, he's like a 
fucking insane pitcher yeah. that everybody else moves down. So now yep. fucking Koji Uehara is your eighth inning guy. And now, you know, uh, Junichi Tazawa is now your seventh inning guy. And so on. So the Red Sox bullpen gets incredibly stronger. Yeah. And as the Ro- Royals have showed, and as the Rangers have looked like they're trying to build, and uh, I believe Jeff Sullivan had a great post on Fangraphs about it, true teams with a truly elite reliever. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes a pretty significant difference to the overall... You know, I mean, you just got to think team. about you got to think about what, what that would do for the Jays if you had a, if the if the ninth no longer exists and now you have in the seventh eighth sixth seventh eighth you have Osuna Sanchez Cecil mm. Liam Hendricks was great last year Aaron Loop would never please ever touch the seventh inning but but yeah I mean absolutely it would be an incredible thing I think for the Jays to be able to find a guy like that apparently it costs the Kings Rams I mean a guy like that I say you know obviously there, there aren't are any no guys, guys like, like that. that there, there are, are no guys like that but, there are two left. I think, on the trade market right now. One of them is Raldis Chapman, yep. who has, you could make a case, is better than Craig Kimbrell. I don't know that. No, I, don't, I, I would not argue strenuously if you said yeah. that. The Blue Jays aren't making that package to, to bring in Craig I don't think Raldis so. Chapman. And the other thing that I keep thinking about is there are, people keep saying that the Yankees are going to trade Andrew Miller. They have the luxury of having Dellen Batances. They can slide him into the ninth inning. Because he's an unhittable monster. Yeah. But this Kimbrel trade may have... And, and the, the Kimbrel trade and the Royal success is going to really kind of pump the value on these extremely yeah. elite relievers. Which is, to go the other way, maybe why the Jays are like, Hey, Sanchez and Osuna. <laughs> maybe, we, maybe we don't need you in the rotation. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, a two, if, if, you, if you think a guy could be a two-win reliever... It's pretty fucking incredible, uh, and like I mean, how much more value can he provide as a starter? More, mm-hmm. clearly. But when you get into that sort of territory as a reliever, not that I'm saying Sanchez and Osuna are sort of are slam dunks to be able to be that kind of valuable, but if you, I think Kyle Matt wrote a great piece about uh, at Capital J's about that at some point in the season about what. Uh, what to do with Sanchez, I think, in particular, and, and, and the value of having a guy who could be a, you know, a legitimate one-to-two win reliever, or a one-and-a-half-two win reliever, uh, and whether that's worth the pursuit of, you know, figuring out what he is as a starter and letting him be a guy who is not much more valuable than that in the rotation. Because that's not, I mean, to get a two-win starter isn't that difficult. To get a two-win reliever is. That's true. That's a good way to, put, to look at it. I also think that the context of the team matters, too. Where not only is Roberto Osuna more valuable in like just a vacuum, he will probably produce more wins above replacement, or probably, but he would be doing it for a team that needs a starter. Yeah, maybe more. You could argue maybe more than they need a back of the rotation reliever. Yeah, which again, maybe 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 yeah, it just comes back to your it comes back to the kind of either a team you want to build or b the way you want to use your team. If, and if you're going to have Dickie, who's like probably into five and dive twice through the order and then get the fuck out territory, Estrada, uh, I don't think that I, I mean, the number, it, it, just, knows, just yeah. as there are few truly elite difference making relievers, there are few, although there's more now than the National League, especially, there are more pitchers who, there are fewer pitchers who uh, you are willing to let them just go. Maybe, yeah. Maybe as there's as managers and and front offices exert more control on the game, you need to have a strong middle relief core to be able to, you know, if the if it's a tight game, it's an important game. But he's done after six. Yeah, you don't want you don't want some shitbag trying to get you through, like get you hope, get you into the eighth. Yeah. Like you, I mean, again, it's the playoffs, so it's not necessarily real. But I mean, you even look at the way that the Rangers, for example, use Giovanni Gallardo, who's yeah. so fucking bad. But he's going to get paid, but it's just like five or maybe six, and that's it. You don't ask more of him, because if you're asking him to do something he can't do, that's your fault, not his. You have to understand who and what he is, and get him out of there when it stops being advantageous for your team. Yeah, and, I mean, and then maybe that's maybe that's a way you can manage a guy like a Drew Hutchison. Or, you know, that's how you can get away with having... Lesser starters come in, you know, not going after the really big ones, and like you say, going after trying to build the bullpen like that. Though I also kind of it, you you get a little bit wary of just trying to copycat what the formula that the Royals 
you know, won with because they, you know, they were great the year before. The, you know, nothing wrong with the Royals, but that's not the only way to do it. And, and especially when that sort of formula makes it, you know, makes those relievers at a premium, maybe that's exactly the time to not be, be looking at, hey, let's add a fucking huge reliever. But I said, I think that would be an incredible thing. I think that, that what a, and I will try to give the Royals credit for this. Or even the Pirates. Maybe the Pirates are a better example. They have a great pitching staff. Yeah. From 1 to 13 or 12. Whatever that number might be. All of those guys, they all work together as a staff. In terms of, we have the, a Garrett Cole who, who's a stud and we can let him run out there. Or, and then we can turn... Jay Happ into a very effective reliever. But they're not asking him to do things he can't do. And then on top of that, they have a really elite guy at the back of the bullpen, and they have some really nice pieces, guys that can go two innings in the middle. Think about the Dodgers. For all their pitching might, they have the best pitcher, you know, since Pedro Martinez. <laughs> yeah. And they have the lunatic savant pitcher yeah. <laughs> who just like gets people out with, with his mind. But and then they have Kenley Jansen in the back, but everything in the between is was kind of bullshit. Yeah, that's true. You know, they won a lot of games, but like when they needed to win a game, the moment that that you know Kershaw falters or whoever falters, there's nothing left. Or even the Mets, right? The Mets bullpen, you know, left not not, not even the bullpen, the, the way the bullpen was used left yeah. something to be desired. It did for sure. And then the Mets bullpen was at its best when they had a guy like John Neese, who's a starter, and they pushed him back there. He gave them some nice innings. But they still had to. They had to bring in guys like Addison Reed and Tyler Clippard, who was so oh, fucking garbage, done, yeah. washed. Yeah. Uh, that just to bridge to Familia, who was great. But it, I think it's important to build a big, build a good staff, and look at what you have, and then build as you can according to what you've got. And yeah. and maybe the Mets banked too heavily. Maybe I'm I'm just kind of talking shit here on <laughs> yeah. the quality of their starting pitchers. Assuming they were going to be, they didn't need that bridge because those guys were going to get there at the end of the year when they faltered, when they were a little tired, when Degrom was really bad in his first World Series start, uh, when Harvey wasn't great until his second start in the World Series. It kind of caught up to them, unfortunately, yeah. for everybody who wanted the Royals to lose. Now building a, a good staff, one to twelve or maybe thirteen. Giants are a great yeah. example of that seems as well. A, seems a, seems a good idea, also. Which the Jays aren't too bad. Yeah. Kind of mushy in the middle, though. But I just think again, it's a, it's it's not necessarily about about copying the Royals or trying to build a super staff of stud freak really starters. Right. It's what have you got? What can you get to complement what you've got? Or what have we got? Okay, what we've got sucks. So we've got to really start over. <laughs> right. And that's those, those are the challenges that are ahead of the team right now. Yes, I agree. We're gonna wrap it up. That's it. We've been prattling on long enough. Uh, thank you. Everyone for listening and for uh, sticking with us here through the off season. Uh, as we mentioned, this is where we should, probably should have done this off the top. Yeah, it would have been Monday <laughs> in Kitchener uh, at the Starlight. The Starlight. We're going to be partaking yeah. in uh, pitch talks on the road. We're going to do a live one of these. So next week's show will come early and it'll be live. And we're going to come up with some gimmick that we're going to do, kind of like the last time. But uh, but if you have got a ticket, come and say hi. If you haven't got a ticket, I think you might need to move quickly. By the time you hear this, they may yeah. all be gone. Yeah. But, uh, well, it's not just us. Bob Elliott, Richard Griffin, Mike Wilner. Griffin? Swallow. I think Griff's there, too. Ashley Stevenson, a Canadian woman. Ashley Stevenson, she's uh, yeah, great um, baseball player. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's a big show. I think I think Griff's there, too. Can't fault Griff. It's just a stumble and a half a cab ride home from his place in Oakville. So. <laughs> you think Griff takes cabs? <laughs> Car knows the way home. <laughs> all right, for Andrew Stoke, my name is Drew Ferris. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day.